Welcome everybody to the N Word for Nerd podcast. We are all here once again, and don't be freaked out. You are watching a proper show. I know the backgrounds and some of the thumbnails look a little different. <laughs> they look a little cheesy, but you're watching the right show. If you're listening on audio, don't worry. You already know you're on the right show. But guys, we're here again with my illustrious host, and we we got some really we got some fire today. So let's just go ahead and get these intros out the way so we can jump right into this heat. <laughs> Starting off as always, we have you know what I'm gonna go. I'm gonna let him go last. We're gonna start off always with the Duke of All Nerds, Jason Number A. Jason, what's going on, my friend? It's another beautiful day in paradise. This week sucked. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're going to the affirmative action hire. You, you're only last because usually we make you first. So we That's just right, got to switch it up for you yeah. once in a while. Jaron, what's going on? I'm man. I'm loving life. Let's get it's to it. First in society for too long. <laughs> <laughs> how does it feel to be last <laughs> i don't i don't like it and i don't know why i can't express it but it's, it's, it's disconcerting I'm, I'm not i'm not a fan uh absolutely everybody like always please remember to subscribe like share our content we broke it up because that's what you wanted and we give the fans and give the people what they want because we are the show of the people we are the people show so of for your attention that's very true. Very much true. I mean, it's probably the truest thing we've ever said on this show. Yeah. So <laughs> with that being said, again, like, subscribe, share. Again, we're on YouTube, Facebook, Spotify, the Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Anchor FM, probably your mama's basement. Wherever you want us to be, <laughs> we're probably going to be there. So you'll get to do on my mom's Facebook. Every episode yeah. on my mom's <laughs> yeah. Facebook. Go to Gwen Absolutely. Thomas. You'll see every single episode. <laughs> see, there you go. So we just need you to subscribe so you can stop going to her page and getting the information. You just subscribe yourself, and you'll be notified when we drop because we have content going all through the week. So with all the heavy lifting out of the way, we're going to jump into a topic that is near and dear to my heart, but I guess frustrating for one of us. We had did a quick hit on Titans Season 3, one through three episodes, the first through uh, third episode. So Jason put in a thread this week after watching episode four that he is done with the show. He's Fuck put in show. two hard years. He is over it. So we just decided we're just going to give him the floor and let him vent officially why he is over it and done with it. Yeah, you slogged through a lot for this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've been through three seasons, three and a half seasons worth of this bullshit being, you know, sometimes teased into thinking this is good and then Oftentimes let down last week's episode or this week's episode was a straw that broke the camel's back for me. It was, uh, it's just, it just pissed me off so much. Uh, I just want to, you know, a lot of people I've, you know, on the, the social media sphere, I've seen people talk about this show and nobody who is a comic book fan likes the show at all. And I've been just kind of giving it the benefit of the doubt, but one person, uh, this TikToker named old geek, geek adventurer said it perfectly. He says, in this show, we can do it right. We just don't want to. All right? And that's what this show has been all about. It's like, there's moments where they give it, it's so perfect. that like, you were like, oh, yeah, this is great. And then they fuck it up with poor writing, poor characterization of the characters, and, and poor plotting. It's just all so bad. And this week is just the culmination of all this abuse that I've been taking by watching this show. I want to start off with first... Uh, just go, you know, I'm not going to spoil this shit because I don't think anybody should need to watch this shit at all. The very first scene is right after Hank has died, Superboy is being upset because he was right there. He could have saved him, but he blew up anyway, which was in a very intriguing way to leave off the show. 
Superboy's upset. He lashes out a little bit, calls, you know, uh, Beast Boy a name, and Beast Boy calls him an asshole and says, get away from me. It's like, dude, a dude just died, man. Like, you understand that the dude that just tried to save this guy's life is upset. Failed. <laughs> like, he's going to be lashing out. He just watched one of y'all's buddies die when he could have stopped it. So, Beast Boy's characterization is all over the map in this episode. Very next scene, uh, Starfire, who has been suffering from uh, uh, blackouts, comes to the kitchen, fire <laughs> shoots fire at Beast Boy. Beast Boy's like, what the hell? She's like, oh my god, I've had a blackout. I'm sorry. She's like, you're a psychopath. Stay away from me. He knows that she's been suffering blackouts. He's been there and seen their ha- this happen to her. And he's going to freak out about it now? Like, get the fuck out of here. It doesn't make any goddamn sense. I'm getting my blood pressure up. I'm getting my blood pressure up. I need my, I need my pills. So how did he not save the guy, Superboy? Is this, like a, is this like in the Superman movies where he was like three feet from his dad in a tornado but then didn't save him for some reason? He blew up before he got to him because Don pulled the trigger, which would have been an interesting turn in the character if we got to see Don more. But no, she just fucks off Paris, and it's just like, mm-hmm. no, no resolution. I'm sad. I'm gone. Like, and this, this still tries to convince, so- convince Dick to go with her as if she just wants to fuck him again after she just lost yeah. the dude, and she just fought an episode <laughs> ago. Dude, she just fucked. Which, <laughs> if your boy is about to die because his heart rate is getting up, try not to fucking you know <laughs> tease him, all right? <laughs> yeah. And then after that, Dick Grayson. In full broad daylight, goes to Arkham Asylum with his face out, just Dick Grayson, beats up four cops and steals a man in broad fucking daylight. Like facts. <laughs> this has is supposed already, to be a has super. He already been arrested. Right? Yeah, he's already been arrested. He's been yeah. to prison, and they just drop it like it's nothing. He's been. Fucking around with the, the, the Gotham City P- Police Department, even though he's not a Gotham City police detective or anything. He hasn't right. been a cop in like two years. <laughs> and he goes in broad daylight, beats up people who are just doing their fucking jobs, <laughs> probably puts a couple of them in the hospital. <laughs> and he gets caught on camera doing this. And like the uh, uh, Commissioner Gordon, Barbara Gordon, who's a fucking idiot in this show. And a Department of Defense is like, who's that guy? Oh, that's Dick Grayson. He's like, okay, is he one of your guys? She's like, no, not really. And he's like, okay. He's like, oh, she's gonna, he's gonna bring him back when he's done with her. It's like, what the fuck? Like that makes no sense whatsoever. Like, if anything, the department's like, oh, thank you for telling his name. We're gonna go pick him up and probably shoot him because he just, you know, released a dangerous criminal. So, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> and oh, just Dick. Yeah, it's just crazy. Yeah, <laughs> and the whole thing with this 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 season was like they're doing the whole red under the red hood story arc, and I'm I was kind of not into it because that is in the in at least in the comic books something that took years to develop, and they're doing it in three episodes, and I was hoping that whatever impetus for this under the red hood change would be something that's a season long arc that we find out at the end who the bad guy is, who's really behind pulling the strings behind Jason Todd. Mm-hmm. Nope. It's the first name villain that we actually see, which is the Scarecrow. He's the guy behind all of it. Fourth episode in. Just tells him. It was well, which we predicted. Which we predicted. We both said it. Which we predicted. Show, it was like, oh, it's like, Scarecrow. 
So it's the lowest hanging fruit. It's like you did you even have to reach up to grab it? It was on the ground already. It's just but Could've all that brought in Raza Ghoul, could have brought in yeah. it's a new character in Nightwing, I think it's like called Heartless or something like that. Like maybe yeah. he had something on Jason and it was controlled. Like it's so many things you could have went with. So many but, different stories you can go yeah. on through. You so many different ways you could have took it. So many interesting paths you could take it down, but you didn't. You took it down the least the path of least resistance, the lowest common denominator, the only named villain that you show on TV is the villain of the whole thing. And it's like, do better, <laughs> please just do better. <laughs> but the, all that I could have probably would have uh, walked over or just glazed over or whatever. And I've been like, okay, this is just fine. Whatever. It's just poor writing. But the thing that really just like made me want to, punch my TV screen is Starfire storyline where she's having these blackouts and she finds and she finds out that her blackouts are being caused by her sister Blackfire and A, she doesn't fucking know that's a thing that could be possible. She gets to explain to her by another a human doctor who's never even been to the goddamn planet. You'd think you would know this shit. <laughs> yeah. I've but the doctor has me. captured all of your things. Yeah, the doctor has captured her sister, who is a bad person, who her introduction to Earth is to burn a man alive, and is mm-hmm. keeping her captive by the government because they don't want her to kill people, and which is a reasonable thing to do. This is what we do with criminals in our society, is we lock them up. I mean, I'm sure there's a better way to do things, but that's neither here nor there. It's reasonable <laughs> to assume that murderers get locked up. Starfire ends up having a fight with her, you know... Fire tries to kill her, but she ends up having a change of heart and doesn't think her sister should be locked up anymore. Okay, that's dumb, but okay. You, there's happen? a third option there. Did she stop trying to kill her at this point? No. Well, she they Stifar beat her ass, but she didn't say, Oh, we're done. This is this this is over. No, she's like, I'm still gonna kill you. I hate your guts. Cool. So Starfire and Beast Boy, uh very easily liberate Blackfire. Blackfire doesn't have any powers right now, so you know she's very subdued. But the dude who has been taking care of her is like, I can't let you leave. Like, she's you know a prisoner of the U.S. government. I can't let you just take her. And Starfire is like, what are you gonna do? But it's like, I'm gonna have to try to stop you because she's a dangerous individual. And Starfire is like, I'm gonna burn your dick off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Superhero, like, straight up burn mm-hmm. dick off. Yeah, she says yeah. this. This is a far cry from the Starfire I know from the cartoon. Starfire, who is empathetic, who is known for her empathy, her compassion, <laughs> her love and zeal for life, mm-hmm. is a wee bit innocent, but also a very wise and caring character. Is gonna is threatened to burn the dick off of a random government scientist who's just trying to do his job. And I'm like, fuck this show. And it's the thing is, is it's you know what? These aren't the characters that, you know, are percentages in the comic books. That's fine. It's, you can change characters as long as you make it for the best and, you know, still give us a good product. But the thing is, it's like, they are so down this grim, dark rabbit hole. They're trying to make this grounded without realizing that you still have to, if you're going to be realistic, you have to be believable. So mm-hmm. your characters still have to follow the rules that you, if you're going to make this a grounded thing, then they have to follow the rules of the reality. They can't, you just can't switch it from moment to moment, from character to character, just because you, the plot says to. 
that's poor and it's competent and it's makes people like me who would have watched this shit just for the fun of it not want to watch it <laughs> and that's what i got to it's like you don't give a shit about your 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 character your, your, not just characters but your audience because who wants to watch a bunch of dour dumbass characters being stupid and 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 rude and dumb for you know two three seasons no one like who is this for maybe it's for like a 13 year old boy who thinks he's fucking edgy and he has dark bangs and fucking like i mentioned <laughs> like i was in high school but like people who are gonna spend money on this shit no get the fuck out of here with this this is it is it is the worst kind of thing it's it's lazy it's dumb and it's it's not for anybody so if you like this show i i guess you have half a brain i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) like there's at this point there's nothing redeemable about it i'm just and i love 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 the titans i love them they're my some of my favorite characters in in comedy and maybe that's why it it hits me so hard because they if there is a good story there there is a good show there they're just refusing to do it and that's what it's pissing me i'm i'm done fuck this show if I saw if this show was a person and I saw him on the street, I would cross the street to whoop his ass. That's what. That's what I would do. <laughs> <laughs> Not even hate. It's animosity. Hate. <laughs> like he gets, he gets, he gets it on sight. Like if he was, a, I don't care. If it was like a child, it gets it on sight. That's what I'm saying. That's how much hate I have for this show. <laughs> okay. God, I, fuck it. I hope it doesn't get another season. If it does, I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna cancel my HBO subscription. I don't give a fuck. I, I don't want this anymore. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Jason, for letting all of us know why you finally have quit Titans. Um, I feel you know this was cathartic. Yeah, I, I can see it's, it was therapeutic for you. I just can't quit you until this last episode. Uh, so let's go into a more lighter subject here. We have nerd news next, guys. Yay. Nerd news. I'm there sad. We go. I'm, I'm, sad now. I'm fucking. It's the newsiest. This <laughs> brought my day down just talking about this show. <laughs> All right, so nerd news no longer slave one now fire spray. Boba Fett has now has now has a new name for his ship. I know in a previous segment we talked about they were no longer putting the slave one name on the toys, and we were like, Oh, that's just the toys because they've always done it. Well, it's official now in the comic books. This Boba Fett ship now is called Fire Spray. Oh, Jason, I'll let you lead off with this one. Go ahead. This is fucking yeah. dumb. You should let him finish. <laughs> I can understand there's like an in canon reason for him changing his name. Like, oh, we were clo- I was a clone and the clones were slaves. I no longer want to be a part of that. Blah, 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 blah. I'm going to change the name of my ship. But just to arbitrarily change it just because the word slave is in it, get the fuck out of here. This is like, this yes, is performative. When you're a bounty hunter. <laughs> this is performative wokeness. This is, this is the kind of shit that people don't like, right? This is the yes. kind of shit like nobody likes because it's just you are just pretending to be woke without actually doing any fucking any of the work. Yeah. Any of the work. Yeah. yeah. All right, Jaren, your thoughts. Yeah. I know how you love to shit on Star Wars, so here's your moment. Again. Yeah. yeah, I mean again, right? What you were saying earlier, we the only th- only true thing we've said in this show so far. <laughs> the second one is definitely Star Wars is overrated. The old, the two true things oh, we've said. Not true. But still, oh, wow. At this point it's true. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. Have they have they how is it? Is it just in the comic books that this is happening? Because obviously no, there hasn't is, been a movie. So this is the product line. Everything. This hasn't yeah. even happened in the comic books. It hasn't happened anywhere except 
in the media. Well, well then, yeah. I mean, again, if they, if they come up with a thing, his ship is destroyed, and he gets a new ship or something, or inherits a ship from a beloved ex-compatriot, and it already has a name. I'm down, and it happens to look exactly the same because why not? It's by the same. It's, it's you know, it's the same model of Volkswagen or whatever. But uh, yeah, I mean, if they don't come up with a compelling reason and it's just pointless like this, then just another thing to you know dislike about Star Wars. There That's we go. That pile's getting bigger and bigger. All right. Man, this is probably the hardest one I deliver this whole week. R-E-S-B-E-C-T. Riri Williams is going to debut in the MCU. If anybody know Riri's nickname for Aretha Franklin, for the audience who does not know why I use the respect. For all the white All right. Uh, <laughs> I, I usually Thanks hate for clarifying you know. that. Yeah, yeah, yes. That's true. Sorry. I was just hey, you have to ruin my own jokes before I have to explain it. But Riri Williams will debut in the MCU during Black Panther 2 which will debut on July 8th, 2022. Um, then Riri will then be transported to her own Disney Plus series, possibly later on that year. Jaren, your thoughts on Iron Man finally being replaced with Ironheart in the, the MCU? Yeah, Ironheart. That's going to be a big thing. Um, I'm excited. I, I So, I mean, she's essentially going to take up for... She's going to fill the Iron Man hole in the MCU, but... Uh, I mean, but they're doing it. They're not doing it in a movie. They're only doing it on Disney Plus series. Is that is that how it is right now? Because I haven't really followed up with it. Well, she's getting well, her own plan. Disney Plus series, but they're going to introduce the character in Black in Panther a movie, too. right? Yeah. But then, but then, hopefully, she gets her own movie because that would be great. Well, I'm figuring I mean, they're going to do the same thing they did with Black Captain America. <laughs> <laughs> now we he's getting Black a part Iron four Man. where he's guy. But he right, had a right, series right. before he got yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I think that's great. Um, it also, I mean, you know, uh, uh, the the cynic in me let it also it feels like something that would happen in the Disney machine where they kind of like they go, okay, you could be a side character that's not overly important to the plot, and we'll test you. We'll, we'll test you in front of audiences, and then we'll give you a Disney Plus show where we will further test to make sure you're a viable bankable marketable thing and only when you've proved it will we give you a movie <laughs> it seems very disney okay jason your thoughts um i kind of i'm cynical about this because it's kind of is is smacking of me of like what do black people like africa like what does riri williams have to do with black panther i don't understand like i i never i don't, haven't read her in the comic book so maybe she does have a connection with black panther <laughs> But as far as I know, she's from America, and we are two different cultures. So why would she be in Black Panther? I don't know. Maybe she. It just it just stinks of like what white people think black people want. To me. All right, <laughs> let's go on to the next one. Oh, I think they'll have uh, a respectful story. I think it's gonna be a yeah. yeah. I think it's gonna be. All a right, hey guys, guys, you know news. We're doing this one week, oh, one right, right, right. You guys yeah. are really going to diatribes about news that we have nothing about. It's just news. People just hear it. You guys make funny statements. We move on. <laughs> We're analyzing this like it's a movie. All right, guys. Next, <laughs> next one. Um, I'm giving us so much hard stuff. <laughs> <laughs> for me, I've always wanted my you know daughters to grow up and be Vasquez from Aliens too, except for the whole death part. Well, now they have their opportunity because Nerf is coming out with the LMTD Alien M41A Pulse Booster Gun. This gun will have two sets of darts. One of the darts will be the Elite darts for rapid fire. And the other one will be the Mega Darts for pump action. This is supposed to be retailing at ninety four ninety nine, and will be on the shelves October twenty 
I'm sorry, October 2022 is when it's going to hit the shelves. Uh, guys, any thoughts on Nerf and aliens branding themselves with an R-rated, hard R-rated movie with a kid's gun? Jason, that's been, that's been done already. Yeah. <laughs> We've Deadpool. already got plenty of aliens toys. I had aliens toys when I was six. <laughs> this pulse rifle looks fucking amazing. I want yes. one. It looks awesome. Jared? Yeah, they've already they've already done an R-rated thing because they had the the Deadpool handguns uh, for that were Nerf. Um, but <laughs> is there a uh, is there an Aliens property that's going to be releasing? Why why now or why next year? Maybe there's going to be an Aliens property next year that they're going to drop. Is, is I mean, there a new movie good. that I haven't heard of? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Probably. Uh, Trevor is back. Yes, Trevor Salter, the fake Mandarin, is going to be in the new Chang Chi movie. And Ben Kingsley is going to be reprising him. So, you know, I feel like everything is better when Ben Kingsley is involved, even Ender's Game. Your guys' thoughts <laughs> on Ben Kingsley, Kingsley, Kingsley coming back to reprive his role as not the Mandarin. Jason? This should have been a surprise. They should have not announced this. But also, he's the best Gandhi ever. <laughs> uh, Jared? <laughs> Facts. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, wait, better than Gandhi? The actual guy? Better than Gandhi. Better than, yes, Gandhi. Better than Gandhi. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, he didn't have the racism. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. I, I enjoyed him in the movie. Uh, he's been in a lot uh, hard, a lot more hardcore things. I think this was like kind of a uh, an emotional vacation style movie for him. Uh, so I thought it was great. I liked him. Uh, I like him as an actor. So it was fun to see him in this role. I guess we'll see him again. And and he's oh, probably going to get got by the real man. All right, we have another new Masters of the Universe coming to Netflix, and this one promises. They promise to have He Man involved. <laughs> this one is going to debut September sixteenth. Look how close that is too. Uh, September sixteenth on Netflix. Uh, Jerry, you actually the one that pulled this up for us. Your thoughts on He Man? I am in love with the style of this. I'm a big fan of it. It kind of looks like it takes place in the Overwatch universe. Um, they lean a lot heavier into the tech side of it. It seems a lot less uh, uh, old world swords and shield type shit. And Cringer doesn't look like a bitch. So I'm kind of down. Jason. I think uh, Jaren's socks can stand up on their own now. <laughs> <laughs> they could before this trailer. It's fine. <laughs> That's my thought. Very lonely <laughs> pandemic. <laughs> All right, guys, we did it. That, that's the end of Nerd News. We kept it under 10 minutes. Congratulations. Yay, we did it. Set new records. Set new records. <laughs> Back <go>. to. <laughs> right. Let's yeah, go man. ahead and jump into our movie reviews. First movie up we have is Reminiscence. Um, I'm going to let uh, Jaren, you go ahead and start with this one. How did you feel about Hugh Jackman's clawless performance? Ha, 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 I struggled. I sat down after I watched the movie. Normally I make notes during the movie, but this time I just kind of wanted to sit back and kind of watch it. And the, the first thing that I wrote down after watching it was this movie is monotone. Like it is an exceptionally like, like if everybody had taken a Dramamine before they filmed their scenes, everybody is very low energy. It's very low key. There's a couple spikes, but not really. The whole of the city is getting ready to be flooded, and everybody's very fucking chill about that. Awesome, you know. It just, um, it was, it was. I can't help but think the story was cool, the hook was cool, and I, like I can't, I can't help but think if they had used different actors that maybe carried a little more 
character with them that this would have been less dry. Um, that being said, I did like that. You <laughs> That's can... kind of funny. <laughs> I like that. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I like the, the director. Uh, uh, you could tell he wasn't an action director, but when... oh, she uh, apologies. Um, you can tell she wasn't an action director, but she did it in a very, very cool thing that I genuinely appreciated. Um, she didn't like lean on the whole shaky cam bullshit where you can hide being bad at it by just, you know, letting somebody with Tourette's hold the camera. She, uh, did these beautiful things in the fights where she pulled back really far and actually framed some absolutely gorgeous shots with like a lot of harsh lighting and stuff like that. And then let the action, I mean, she still followed basic rules. Like, you know, it was one, two punch and then she'll change the angle, but every angle that she picked was like a beautiful, like she did a good job of like framing the action with, uh, but again, it didn't feel kinetic, <clears throat> excuse me, didn't feel kinetic much like this entire movie. It felt very, uh, you, you were a couple, you were safely back from the action. So, um, you know, <clears throat> it was a, it was a style choice. And I think that she played, she, unlike some actor or some directors, she saw maybe a weakness or a tool that's not in her quiver yet. Uh, and she intelligently worked around it. So I appreciated that. Um, and I guess the the last thing, uh, the ending was really fucking stupid. <laughs> yes. Like, like so dumb. So fucking um, dumb. So please, apparently... Please elaborate. <laughs> apparently if you burn somebody's brain in this world, it's worse than murdering somebody. So you get uh, treated accordingly in a court of law. They apparently did that. Now that's that's a lot of the movie setup, and then immediately they're like, "Okay, but we're gonna we're gonna let you live in your happiest memory, which is the only thing you want now because your girlfriend is dead for the rest of your life." So congratulations on being this world's version of Hitler. You get everything you want. Have a good night, you know. And then that's the fuck. And that's it. I mean, <laughs> uh, no. I'll, I'll jump on in here. Um, I wish I could reminisce about how good May's vagina had to be because all these guys were just like fiending for this shit. Like this whole movie was a fiend fest. Like it was like, how do I get this vagina off my mind? And I keep going back into my memories to just remember how good it was. Like every single dude, too, which is so fucked up. Yeah. Like this movie had this noir feel that I appreciated at first. But then got annoying as it kept going. It, it felt like a mashup of a bunch of movies, which again, I like genre mashups, but this one kind of similar to what well, I reviewed Fury Free Guy. I feel like it didn't know exactly what it wanted to be. So, like, it was a little bit of Blade Runner, but then it was a little bit of Inception. Then it was a little bit of, uh, if y'all remember the movie Brick, then it was a little bit of Westworld. It just was a little bit of all these things, good ideas from all these movies. Go ahead, Jason. Funny story. This is uh, the director is a writer from and director from Westworld. <laughs> oh, okay. So yeah, it felt like it took all the, the things that we think is cool about those things and put it into this movie. But like I, I mentioned to you guys, can you be intrigued by something and still think it's boring? Because I was intrigued about how this was unrolling, unraveling, but I was bored. And then when it got into a complete utter murder, possible mystery mode, then I was like, all right, I'm out. Like I, it, 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 I was okay with you just trying to find this chick, and you were just so you know, heartbroken from this chick leaving you because he looked like he was a down and out on his luck kind of dude anyway. And then 
you turned it into, oh, no, this chick was involved in a bunch of shit. And this chick was, and then I was like, okay, this is getting too hard to believe. The only cool thing I thought about it was, and I think we talked about it on the thread, like Thaddea Newton's character, I thought she was dope. Uh, she definitely, and you guys hit on the head because I put it in my notes, she definitely gave me Zoe vibes, especially when she went into the uh, the, the bar for St. Joe, which I think St. Joe should have got more of the show. St. Joe should have got, he should have been, like, he should have been the villain. He, he should have been the villain of the story. Yeah, like yeah, that's, that's literally in my notes. St. Joe is the best character in this whole thing, and you give him no time to be the best character in this whole yes. thing. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, so, it, but that part, that part was really, really cool. I like that they did that. Even the banter of, like, oh, good job shooting out the tank, and she was like, oh, I was aiming for Joe. Like, that was very, like, oh, okay. Like, you could tell they've been in battle together with each other. Um, and I'm going to leave one of the points that Jason's going to make it, so I'm not going to steal that point. Uh, but I had it in my notes I don't know about what point that is. <laughs> uh, oh, don't, don't worry, you'll, you'll, you'll bring it up about a better movies in that movie that we rather oh, care okay, about. Okay. But this one, okay, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Um, okay. and then my last thing is what Jared said I did like that, and I and I got um, old boy feels when they did that fight. I guess it was in the school when they pulled back and him and the burnt dude was fighting. And I was like, oh, shit, are they gonna do a one shot like a la Daredevil in the hallway kind of thing? I was, I got excited, I got stood up and was like, oh, shit, here we go. And then they did some cuts, which it wasn't bad. But I thought at that point, if you were going to make this the, the final big fight scene, like it looked like you were setting it up that way from that just that wide shot, letting them go at it. And then you did these interchangeable cuts that was like, okay, like you said, I think it's because the the probably the flaws in the actors being able to pull off some of the action. Maybe that's why. But I did get excited for that. That was some good shots. It did have very good atmospheric look to it. Like you said, I don't know what year this was taking place in. But it was believable that this could be happening very soon in our reality, which is something I thought was pretty cool. 2024. But, uh, <laughs> right, right. But, yeah, yeah, just to wrap it. And then my last con was like, how you work with Daddy and Newton all that time? And you know she a drinking. You ain't tap that once. You ain't get. You ain't slide into the DMs one time? She all right, but lost, that's okay. <laughs> she hasn't lost enough control to just come out and say it because clearly she was in love with him. <laughs> right, like, right. At no point has she said this. Yeah. So my head cannon for this movie, my head cannon for this movie would have just kept it what it was originally. A guy who was lovesick chasing a woman. And then the time to find out this woman was a bastard. Not like all the shit they put in this movie, but find out that she just wasn't a good human being. And him having to live with the fact that he's in love with this woman that is a terrible human being. And that's what she does. She comes in, uses people, and moves on. And him having to deal with that. That would have been a way better streamlined movie for Much me better. than all the nonsense we got in here. Oh, and then shout out to, I did like how you would watch a scene and then when the scene would end, you realize it was a memory. I thought that was a pretty good technique they used in the movie a lot. But then they did it like 70 times, and I was like, all right, stop, stop. Like a hundred times. Yeah, yeah, like, we can't keep doing this. We can't keep showing me stuff and then realize, oh, this is him coming out of the bath. Oh, and I'm like, all right, all right, all right, I'm done, I'm done. So, yeah, um, go, go ahead, Jason. I'll let you finish this off. All right. First off, uh, this movie was boring as fuck to me. This movie was <laughs> boring as fuck. Uh my first note is with all that water around, uh, a lot of people should be having trench foot. Like <laughs> their, their feet should be fucked up. But this this movie is kind of I'm tired of these kind of movies. I'm this is the blandest sort of like story they possibly could have pulled pulled from this world. Like all the stuff that was happening, like they were talking about their backstory, Fanny Newton's backstory, Hugh, uh, Hugh Jackson's backstory, even Saint John Jones' backstory. They were all like I wanted to see those movies. I wanted to see what was happening, like why they got to this situation, not this, you know, bland love story of the first white devil that pops into the fucking thing, the blandest girl that he's ever met, 
he suddenly falls in love with her at first sight bullshit. I, I just, I don't like this stuff anymore. It's just so dumb. It's so tr- uh, trite. It, it doesn't connect to me anymore. And maybe this movie wasn't made for me. I, I 100% will like uh, believe that this, there's, a, there's an audience for this that just isn't me. And that's why it didn't connect to me. But like, you've got Dandy Newton right there. Like, do you even need this chick? <laughs> like, come on. Right, like, right. <laughs> like, I just don't like like how you like this underachieving white dude falls in love with the first blandest white chick that he finds when he has all these beautiful, strong, capable women of color around him that he knows. And it's like not only was it Thady Noon, but it was also I can't remember the actress's name, but the Latina uh, detective, oh, yeah. beautiful, yeah, yeah. smart, capable. But he falls in love with her chick who forgets her earrings, who, but she sets him up. But still, who just like sets his ass up. And also, it would have been way better of a movie if she would just have been an asshole about it and just like, yo, I did this just to you know steal stuff from you. But they have to do this sappy, sopping wet love story with these dumb and and contrived fucking voiceovers with this pseudo intellectual bullshit. Like every time he had this fucking, you know, voiceover that says something sort of like uh, witty or like of world wisdom, I wanted to fucking run my face through a fucking cheese grater. It was just so bad. It's like no one thinks like that. No one talks like that. It's just you're just writing that in there to make yourself sound smart. And it sounds like you're just reading fucking posters at a Hobby Lobby. All right. Like my little last note is that this is a live, laugh, love poster made into a movie. Like this is what this shit is, <laughs> man. And, you know, I, and I'm just tired of seeing like these uh, underachieving white males just fail upwards because they're surrounded around brown people who are actually capable of doing shit. Like fucking Hugh Jackman should have died so many fucking times, but he didn't because either because Danny Newton's a fucking badass or basically because he's white. Like when he got taken out by the fucking security guards, it's like, oh, you're a Pretty soldier. Fair. Okay, you can. Yeah. Get- this one's a pass for you. You might as well say, "Oh, we the same color. Go away." <laughs> you might as well say. I think they would have put a bullet in his head if he hadn't seen his tattoo. Exactly. He failed I mean, upwards. <laughs> that's just part I, of I will group. say this. I, 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 don't think, to, I won't attach that to a to a race thing, but I, I will say this. Uh, I know Jaren had issues with the ending, which. Uh, I think it was parts of the ending that they just, which they could have actually put in there that would have explained it. Because in my mind, the way the reason why he got what he what he got was that the guy that he like mentally burnt was a very bad guy and probably had killed a bunch of people. And the cops knew he was shady because remember at the beginning the cops were like, "Oh, a, a shady New Orleans cop. That's normal." Like he was a bad human being, and they probably found out that like he was literally trying to kill a kid. And yeah. then this guy who was ex-military veteran, so they're like, oh, he's a veteran. He uncovered this whole thing, saved this kid, blah, blah, blah. But and then all the social guy. climate that was going on where they were against the Baroness. Yeah. So then they find that he had a bastard kid. Like, I think it was a lot of things that contributed to a sentence that just didn't say, which would have been easy to just to say. They'd be like, hey, look, this is a, 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 a atrocious thing he did. But you know what? He did it to a guy that was trying to kill a kid. Yeah. He took down a baroness thing. Like the things that they put into this movie to show that all these things were hated. Yeah, he kind of took down, and they were like, "Well, you know what? Let's imprison him. Well, let's make it. You know, you and know. Also, none of that. None of that plays in a court of law, though. Motherfuckers still did bad. Yeah, no, it one hundred percent plays in a court of law. You've seen motherfuckers get licensed. Martha Stewart. 
had a luxury suit when she also was in jail. The thing that really pisses me off about this movie too is the fact that the Danny Newman ends up taking care of his fucking grizzly old fucking corpse of a body <laughs> right. for fifty years. That, well, that's, like she's yeah. a magical Negro. She's a magical yeah. fucking Negro for him. Yeah. She only is there for his fucking character growth, and yeah. she's there to fucking take care. Of, man, fuck that dude, man. Yeah. That's another thing. Yeah. That's another thing. Wait, 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 hold on. Right there, right where you're talking about. Also. I mean, they were constantly talking about the water was rising and that place was going to be underwater in like a couple months and then they didn't know what to yeah. do. And they didn't move that fucking machine. It, didn't go, also, a, it didn't go to a, like a, a government facility so it could be watched by a guard so they could right, make right. sure the motherfucker actually was carrying out his sentence. Oh, they just left him there. Fuck it. Here's also what's fucking about this world there. too. Like, May's fucking, she's from London and she's like, I left when London was flooded. Uh, so London's not there. But Miami and New Orleans are still there. Like, if you look at a a, a water rising chart, yeah. fucking New Orleans is the first motherfucking place to go. Well, it's a bowl. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's literally already underwater now. Yeah. Like, and you're like, uh, it it doesn't make sense. But the thing that I guess really, really like irked me the most is this beautiful woman May, who all these guys are slobbering over, says something like, "You looked at me in a way that no other person's looked at me," and I'm like. You're an attractive white woman. You really do don't look at you in a loving way. Like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> like, like I just, I'm just tired of these movies. I'm just tired of this shit. Like, <laughs> like there's people out there, and I'm not. You know, there's probably attractive white women who have real problems. I'm not discounting your real problems, but I'm tired of seeing this shit when there's so much more other stories you can tell in the sports. All right, that's yeah. it. I'm Jared, sorry. Yeah. Jared, give us, give us your rating. What do you give it? One last thing, if uh, I, I don't know if you guys remember this, but um, there is no such thing as a happy ending if the story is good. And if you forgot that, you shouldn't have because he told you like six times in the movie. We got that line over and over and over. <laughs> oh, and over. my God. Such they <laughs> drill me a good story, head. a happy story and end in the middle. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no one talks like that. Oh, just yeah. No one says shit like that. Um, I'm going to give, uh, uh, if I'm first, I'm giving this one a solid 2.9. Um, I mean, if, you, if you're hungover and you want to watch something that is somewhat entertaining, but also won't be loud uh, and hurt your hangover, then this is the movie for you. Uh, I'm, <clears throat> I'm giving it a two. This is a straight up Fox Network late night movie for me because uh, I'm good, man. I'm good. Jason? All right. The reason I am giving it the score that I'm giving it is because I recognize this is not my kind of movie. So I'm giving it a three because I think there are people out there who might actually like this. Yeah. Mm. That's it. Okay. All right. Let's jump on into our next one. The next Netflix special here. We have Sweet Girl starring Jason Momoa. Oh, I forgot to do uh, the recap for um, rem uh, Reminiscence, but it doesn't matter. Uh, sweet, a quick recap for Sweet Girl. Um Families struggling with a mother dying of cancer. A mother dies of cancer because a life-saving possible experimental drug is pulled off the shelves. And at that point, the husband decides to go on a spree of taking down people who wronged the, I guess, the pharmaceutical industry, which is presumpted by him meeting with a journalist. And from there, we have the typical run and chase while trying to take down the man episode of an action flick. Um Let's start with you, Jason. What were your thoughts on Sweet Girl? I thought this movie made me feel really, really clever because uh, this is why I texted you guys because I noticed something early on in the movie 
And I was like, is this, is this real? Is this really what this movie is about? And it turned out that I was right. I was like, shit, I'm smart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was curious what it was you noticed. All right, so we're doing full spoils alert here. I'm yeah, going yeah, yeah. to spoil this movie right now. So spoiler. if you don't want to if you don't want to listen to the spoiler, I'm about to spoil it. Three, two, one. Jason Momoa's character isn't real. The whole uh, after yeah. he gets stabbed. He's real. And I mean, he's real for the first like 15 <laughs> minutes of the movie, but the rest of the shit that he does is actually his daughter doing it. Mm. And the reason I saw I thought because it was that one shot after she got in the she was in the uh the gym. Choking on the mm-hmm. dude, which she would have got kicked out of that gym. You don't, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Easily. The yeah, she, they would have been like, get the fuck out of my gym. But that next scene when she's sitting on the couch and you see Jason Momoa's face got pushed into the, the reflection of the mirror, I'm like, he's not really there. And I was like, mm. and I got it on my notes. So uh, so I'm not lying. I said, uh, right here, Cal, uh, if Cal Drogo turns out to be a figment of this girl's imagination, I'm going to scream and also be pleased. I did scream and I'm also pleased. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> There's one thing that, uh, even though this movie kind of like does the whole, they should stop fridging women in these movies and movies, period. People don't have to die in order for you to have some sort of impetus to do a thing. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just, you know, but other than that, uh, this is fun. This is a fun movie. Um, it actually, uh, for me, like after I realized that it was that he was a figment of imagination, it kind of. You know, I was kind of like, there's going to be a hard for her to pull off all these fight scenes because she's like a hundred pounds and five foot, like mm-hmm. four foot nine. But like in the way they did it, it did seem like that she it was actually plausible that she could have pulled some of this stuff off. There are some scenes where you're like, ain't no way that she did that shit. <laughs> but there's, <laughs> but like if you watch like the way that Jason Momoa was fighting, he's using a lot of his environment to his advantage. He's doing he's sneaking up on people and all sorts of different shit. So I was like, okay, I understand how this girl can merc like twenty fucking trained dudes. Like, okay, she get, I get it. And also with that, if this chick was killing twenty trained dudes, and I'm a fucking hitman assigned to kill her, I'm like, I'm not fucking with that bitch. <laughs> she is four foot nine, and she killed fifty other fucking dudes already. I'm not gonna fuck with her. I'm, this is nope. She got luck on her side. I'm I'm done. <laughs> I'm out. Um, I the the ending was pretty predictable that the the senator was going to be the main bad guy. Um, still, you know, for the most part, it was a pretty enjoyable little uh, action flick, and I like the fact that they did something a little bit different by saying, "Oh, Jason Momoa is not really in this movie, even though he is." It probably took this girl's screen time away, but it was still a pretty uh, clever-ish twist that he wasn't there the whole entire time. Like yeah, um, <laughs> I'll jump in, and I thought this would be the first sweet girl that I actually hated. But I actually really thought it was a sweet girl. Like I wanted, I was, I came in to hate watch this. I'm gonna be completely honest. When we were gonna review it, I'm like, when it first started, I'm like, oh, I know exactly what kind of movie this this is. It this is this is one of those action vehicles for Jason Momoa, and I'm like, this is going to be terrible, and I'm gonna hate every moment of it. And then I thought, because I actually did a play by play of my emotions, I thought, why is this big ass dude taking twenty punches to knock people out? And this dude is humongous. Like, what are we talking about? This dude should be sleeping these guys off one or two punches. And then I go, oh, my God, his daughter's a fucking snitch. She's a rat ass. Like, she out here right on this dude. And, like, this dude out here trying to do the mission that he said he was going to do anyway that she knew about because he had a wall in his house with all the shit that he was going to do. Like, what are we talking about, old little girl? And then I was like, oh, shit. 
She's the one doing all this. This is insane. <laughs> it, it justified all my beefs now because it was like, this bitch is crazy. She now I understand why I took him 20 million hits to knock somebody out. Yeah, if a 108-pound chick is punching me in the face, it's gonna take a lot of shit. Right. It's gonna take a lot. Yeah, it's gonna take a lot to get me out of here, out of the box. It it all like it made sense, but then the part that I got left with that it is of no coincidence, but the part I got left with was like, hey, after this movie's over, this chick still got mental problems. <laughs> like we we not gonna address this shit or they just go away because they got rid of the senator. That her mental problems just fade away now. Like okay, whatever. That's that's too much of a deep dive on it. She's definitely um, schizophrenic. <laughs> right. She definitely would have been getting medicine on a plane. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, I did not like the whole. Hey, we're gonna and this is early on. But hey, we're gonna pigeon in this healthcare conversation. And hey, we're gonna pigeon pigeon in this hey politics is corrupt conversation. Dude, know what you are. You're a dumb Netflix action film. Just be that. You had a good twist. I didn't need you being like, yes, you know, you're going to just take this off the market. Like, me. like they, they, it was a little too much for me in that regard because I'm like, we, it, it, everybody, we know, all of us know what we stand on healthcare. This movie ain't moving a needle for nobody. So putting it in there just basically was just to be like, hey, as a self-righteous writer and director, I want you guys to understand where I lie when it comes to this and politics. It's like, okay, cool. Um. Yeah, man. I mean, it, 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 I, I will say it's things you can nitpick about how the police and FBI were handling all this. It's an action film. You got to make those concessions to almost every action film. The one things I did not like, I didn't like the camera angles for a lot of this stuff. Like this, like me and Jared talked about it. We talked about it for um, Jolt, that over the shoulder kind of thing. Is that becoming a thing now? Because if it is, stop it. I hope not. Like it's this, dumb. we don't need to film action like that. That's stupid. Uh, and, then, and then sometimes I felt like the camera was doing that the firstborn identity movie kind of shaky cam because, you know, and I'm like, you, you, you cast Jason Momoa, who's an action star who you think you can film action with. And hey, Netflix, we've seen your other action films. We know you can do this. I mean, look at Chris Hemsworth in it was an extraction. Like oh, yeah, we know you can awesome. film action very well. Yeah. So either Jason Momoa lacks in that, that thing. And he's just a big body or they were trying to be creative in how they shot it. And it just did not land the way it was supposed to. Um, but that's pretty much my only really big beefs with it, man. But I'm like Jason, like I thoroughly enjoyed it. And um, that was probably the one of the few twists. I was like, oh, shit, that actually worked. Jared, it's all on you. I'm not going to be dissenting in this. I actually, <laughs> of, of the three things that we saw this week, I think I enjoyed this one the most. Uh, the movie starts with uh, Jason Momoa on top of uh, the Pirates Stadium. And uh, <laughs> being chased by FBI agents, it's one of those bullshit things where they're like, it starts off with a banger and then goes three weeks earlier. You know, um, <laughs> there were so many time jumps in this movie. I was like, yeah. I don't even know what the fucking supposed to be the real day is. I don't know. There's yeah. like four time jumps. <laughs> um, and Jason immediately jumps into uh, the river, the bay right there. I don't know. I don't, I've never been to, like, I don't know the Pittsburgh like geography. But um, my first thought is, oh, he'll be fine. He's, he's Aquaman. Um, <laughs> you just chased him into his element. <laughs> Jokes on you, FBI agents. Um, which, you know, yeah. Um, the movie's great. Uh, I uh, am not as smart as Jason Number A. I was complete. I was caught completely off guard by the twist. But then when I thought back to everything, it was I, I'm the same exact way with Jason Number One. I was like, man, it is so weird. I'm like, are they trying to ground him more in reality? Because he isn't fighting 
like a man of his size. Like he is taking a lot of hits and and and, and dropping to his knees. And he's also having to give a lot of hits to knock somebody down. I'm like, are they just trying to make him like he's they keep showing you that he's a fighter and he has this gym, but he doesn't seem like he can really throw a punch that's going to mean anything. Um, so I was a little confused by that. And I was like, maybe they're just trying to go for like it's slightly more realistic or something like that. Like people can shake off punches. That guy in the train uh, took a lot of fucking hits to the face and he was pushed into that metal bar mm-hmm. over and over again. And still managed to shake it off. So, uh, and that's when that's when Jason Momoa was still alive. So, yeah. <laughs> um, um, uh, a couple things. Uh, I and I mentioned this the, to you guys in the in the in the in our in our chat, but um, I really really liked. Uh, there were time jumps, uh, big progressions, like big jumps of time, like twelve uh, four months later, and then like, like twenty four months later or twelve months later. But um, as uh, like as they're being as this family, as if you're watching it, you know, at the time, there's still two of them in your mind, at least Um, as things in are in your mind, maybe. <laughs> right. Right. Spiraling. <laughs> yes. yes. Spiraling down this path of, of, uh, of trying to, trying to get redemption or, uh, you know, uh, revenge and everything. Uh, you notice how they, they make a point to talk about how the bills are piling up and stuff like that. And, and every time there's a time jump, the place they're living in is just more and more shitty. And it's just little things in the background like that that I really appreciated. I really clued in on uh, when you realize that uh, Jason Momoa is not there and the girl takes over for the main character as far as, you know, everything. All of the uh, bruising and scratches that were on Jason Momoa's face are now exactly in the same place on her face. I thought that was very cool. Again, a little detail like that that really makes the world feel like it it follows its rules it's lived in it makes it seem more legit and i dug that um uh, i guess you can forgive the fact like initially i was like why are they still in the same fucking car with the same fucking license plate going through (laughs) traffic cam after traffic cam if they're trying to run away and it occurs to me that maybe a fucking 18 year old girl might not have the wherewithal to consider that and or doesn't have access to another vehicle um the uh it's good to see that the guy from uh the guy that wasn't in uh the hangover very much is still getting work uh <laughs> he kind of wasn't in this movie either so it was about <laughs> it's almost like he, only, he has a contract we can only do 12 minutes total of a movie and then you, he's not allowed to be in anymore Go here's on. a fun fact everybody if you are find yourself being uh your face being covered by a plastic bag just pop a hole in the bag. Yep. Yep. You do not don't need try to, to get the bag out. off your face. Just pop yep. a hole in the bag. All right. Just, yep. <laughs> then you can. Um, <laughs> uh, what else? What else? Oh, I. Yeah. The the senator being the bad guy. It was it was fun to see that just because initially she was kind of a counterpoint to the big pharma guy. So, like, when you first see her, she's kind of trying to, like, put him on blast on CNN. And so for her to be the ultimate, uh, you know, for her to have turned or to have gotten paid off or whatever, and it's just kind of going with it, that was, I liked it. Uh, it. This movie was emotional. It was, it hit me harder than any other movie we watched this week by far. But also just, it was, they did a really, really good job of, making the audience feel 
for this girl. Like the whole bunny uh, Paloma that her mom gave her because she was stuck in a hospital. So she gave her a gift that was from a hospital like gift shop. I mean, like shit like that. And to see her after, you know, a year and a half or so still walking around with it. Like, I mean, just like things like that. I just, I absolutely dug. Uh, and it, and it really made the characters real. Um, also now thinking back to it when they're in the, uh, when they're in the, uh, diner with the killer guy and the police officers, the fact that he, he says something to her as she's leaving the door, like, you know, I'll see you soon. I was like, Oh, Oh, like looking back at it, I'm like, she was the only one there. If you notice in that shot, when she looks back at him, like the door is still kind of closed. And, you know, because the first shot is like Jason Momoa is walking through the door. But the, when she he says, I'll see you soon, the door itself is closed. So it's like he couldn't have gone through that door. So it's it's a, another Ooh. clever way of showing that she's the only one there. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> also, yeah. Uh, the senator's uh, confession was under duress and would not be admissible in court. So. Right, 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 right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he, he, yeah. Ugh. She would have got off on that shit. She would have fine. She'd be like, oh, this is not even a thing. <laughs> and how does she not know in this day and age that she's being recorded when they're like, just tell me, tell me what you did. Say it out loud and articulate, please. You know, it's like, it's and also hold like, up today's <laughs> date in the, in the newspaper. <laughs> I'm just like, All right. you deserve to get got for that. All right, Jason, what you give? What rating do you give? I give it a solid uh, 4.32. Okay. <laughs> it's a very uh, enjoyable I, movie. Repeating. <laughs> uh, I give it a 3.5. If it's Ooh. a discounted video, definitely go check it out. I think it's cool, cool little movie there. Jaren? I'm going to give this one a four. I think okay. It's, uh, I think it's worth it's, it's going nice out of your movie. way. Yeah, I think it's worth going out of your way to watch. Uh, it it doesn't... Uh, it, it, is, it isn't guilty of all of the kind of like action movie tropes but it does the ones that it does it does well and uh and there is a satisfying twist and it's and again the emotional the the amount of emotion they got out of the actors and how they told the story i think was gratifying so yeah I, absolutely Solid. all right so we did go ahead and watch a limited series on netflix so brand new cherry flavor and so give us a brief synopsis. Uh, lead character Lisa Nova comes to L.A. because a producer has watched and seen her crazy short horror film that is something to behold. Director then, I mean, producer at that point, then steals film and pretty much assaults her in his home, at his home. And Lisa Nova is out for revenge. And who steps in? A shadowy, creepy figure by the name of Boro comes to help her get revenge on this producer using supernatural activities and involvement. All right, uh, I'm going to go last because I feel like I'm the only one that really liked this. So we'll go ahead and start with you, Jason. Then we'll go Jared, and then I'll, I'll finish. I watched four episodes of this, um, and I it, it's, a, it's a, definitely a slow burn. I don't think I could say that I was pretty much entertained the whole entire time, but I did was I was captivated for the most part. Uh, but this is kind of a hard show to watch. <laughs> um, the thing that uh, made me quit the show, and it's only because I am a squeamish kind of person, uh, throughout <laughs> the show, this young lady is throwing up kittens. She literally throws up kittens out of her mouth. 
Uh, she decides she doesn't want to throw up kittens anymore. So Bobo the witch is like, you don't have to throw them up anymore. We'll find another way. And she gets an orifice on her body in which the kittens come out of. And practical effects, they look astoundingly realistic. But for me, as a as a, a very squeamish person, when uh, I can't remember the act, Roy, <laughs> what's their actor's name? Roy, Roy he Hartway starts, or something. Yeah, uh, he starts fingering her kitten hole, and this is literally legit a hole where kittens come out of. Yes, and it's yes. disgusting. And I'm just like, I can't continue because <laughs> I am freaked out because this is freaking me out. I'm sorry. Up until then, and it's 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 very intriguing. Don't get me wrong; it's very very intriguing. There are things that are just happening, and like character just like it's just happening. <laughs> like there are a lot of zombies around, and, and no, and she's not explaining any of this shit to this girl, and she's just like accepting that this guy who is obviously a zombie, is standing there helping her out. And every time she throws up a kitten, there's one of her zombie fucking helpers comes and picks it up and, and walks away. It's a... They... the One of the clever things about this movie is they say their influences from the jump. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a line in the movie where the uh, the producer is talking to the uh, Lisa Nova about her movie, and she's like, oh, this is a very Cronenbergian, you know, Van Hoverg type of movie. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, this is what we're in for. If you don't know about Cronenberg uh, or Van Hover movies, especially Cronenberg movies, they are very, very graphic. Uh, Van Hover body horror, very, body horror stuff. There's a great. And I'm not down with. I'm not down with body horror stuff at all. That's the stuff that really, really gets me. So I'm sure for all you like real, like solid, like effects fans and and, and horror fans, you will like this this show. But it is a very slow, methodically paced revenge story where a lot of stuff doesn't make sense at first but I don't know if it makes sense at last either because I didn't watch it until the end because I was going <laughs> to <laughs> Alright Jaren, your thoughts on brand new Cherry Flavor Alright, so I walked into this knowing literally nothing about it, didn't watch the trailer or anything and I get a text saying I was out when uh, somebody fingered her kitten hole and I had to ask <laughs> is that a euphemism for something no, no, there is a hole for her kittens that come out, and uh, that's what it is. <laughs> I got to episode three. I am genuinely enjoying it so far. I got all the way through episode three, so I basically right at the kitten hole fingering episode where I just <laughs> I didn't have time. We were going to start the podcast. Um, that being said, uh, I like. I genuinely like the main character. I think she's uh, she's one of those people that is that can be super classically beautiful. And then can also just be kind of tomboyish, and she runs the spectrums in this movie because she is they're, they're making her out to be a proper artist, so she really doesn't give too much, she doesn't pay too much attention to like doing herself up, but when she has to, she always kills it, albeit a little on the you know, like sharp reds and black side, like the you know, like a little goth chick kind of thing. But that being said, uh, producer is, um, uh, a pure narcissist psychopath yeah i mean like like just a <laughs> sociopath to, to to end all sociopaths um and and he's succeeding in hollywood because you know that's how they, they reward shit out there like that so um uh i i love ghost stories i i'm not a big like slasher fan and i kind of got the impression this was going to be because we we're talking about Cronenberg and body horror and stuff like that 
Um, I love the idea that she she made it essentially has made a deal with the devil to to in a fit of anger. Um, and I mean, right. Rightfully so. But, but yeah, but not not necessarily. It's one of those things. Um, she uh, uh, it, it it comes with a cost, a fairly heavy cost. I, I don't know yet, but I have some severe suspicions that uh, those kittens that are coming out of her represent something a lot like something i don't know almost tied to her soul or some sort of like spiritual essence that her forgotten mother has given her or something like that something's up those are worth a lot more than uh the chick from 40 year old virgin is telling her uh and <laughs> uh and and then and then there's another thing too and i really like it and it's 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 a it's a morality thing um uh, she ends up talking with a a very popular, apparently up and coming movie star, who is like, "Listen, I want to work with you just based on what I've seen. We, you know, we should do that." Um, and 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 like, if she, there are very specific beats in this show where you can see she is looking at the road and there's a fork in it. She can continue on this vendetta path, or she can choose a better path. And it's it's happened, I think, two times. And both times she's made the wrong choice. So when or the wrong choice, she chose the path of revenge both times. And and when you when you see that there are options for her to like, obviously the show wouldn't be a show if she was just like she got over it and and and, and it's you know, okay. I'll just do something else. It's fine. <laughs> no one else should still be a director. She would just you know it wouldn't be that particular movie that's kind of her heart and soul and you know whatever. Um, but yeah, no, I just, uh, I, I genuinely, that is impressing me. I'm enjoying it. I'm not, I'm not as squeamish as Jason, but I'm not overly fond of gore for gore's sake. Not a fan of the Saw movies, shit like that. So, but I do like ghosts and I like the fact that her deal has put her, I like how she put it. She's like, it's going to change your energy. You're going to be, you're going to, you're going to glow a little brighter, be a little more visible to the things on the other side of the veil. And so they are going to come up and they are going to examine you. And there's going to be some, some, some uncomfortable situations, but just ignore all that. It's fine. It's fine. You know? And uh, I like it. There's also an ASMR component to this. It's also why it's grossing me out because there's a lot of like blending of frog tadpoles with blood and, and the boiling of, of Guinea pigs and all that stuff is fine. But when they, you, you mix it with, the sounds of her like slurping up the juice and stuff like that all that just grosses me the fuck out. Like I'm just, <laughs> I'm just so like horrified by all. I'd have like no, I'm I'm fine. I'm just gonna go back to where I came from. <laughs> the witch gives her this. This witch gives her this stew in the in the first episode that she's got to knock out in 24 hours, and it it shows like what goes into it initially, and it looks like super gross. It's a guinea pig. And like guinea pig guts in it and shit like yeah. that. But then it you know ap- after you. Like just just seeing her walk around with that that bowl of soup or stew for two episodes, like every time she's eating it, I'm like, you know, I'm like, that looks it's good. cold. It well, yeah, it it looks like some like it looks like almost like a like a hardcore pho. I don't know, like some. No, but it's like it's cold and like she's always pulling out <laughs> some big chunks, and she's like, it's like oh, it's so like, like, yeah, yeah. and I know it's just fucking regular food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it just it, it looked. I was like, I was. It didn't look gross enough after the initial like 
the initial like this is what's going into it after that it looked like something like a vietnamese grandma would make you and it and i was just it made me hungry <laughs> <laughs> they made it look too good they did they didn't uh, leave like an eyeball in it or something oh thank you <laughs> yeah all right uh so yeah i mean i already you said finish it jason have you got it right yeah, 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 I went through what I mean. You know, I, I prepare for the show, gentlemen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to do it, but I was like, okay, I'm sorry that I have a weak constitution. That's not my fault. Um, yeah, brand new cherry flavor. Um, made me want to need some brand new brown colored draws because there's a bunch of oh shit moments in this every time I kept watching it. It like one, I'm into the bar, body horror. I'm in all horror, but like I do like body horror. I do enjoy things like the Evil Dead, the Fly, and all that. Like that's like practical effect kind of body horror kind of. Yeah, I, I enjoy all that shit. Like the cringy of it, it, it just, it just. Ah, I'm like, I'm sitting there like I, I got to turn away, but I can't. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta hang in there. But so yes, uh, this definitely was a pulp, a pulp noir horror movie. It definitely had that feel of like. Hey, we're going to set this up in Hollywood, and, and to your point of like zombies and stuff walking around, Hollywood's freaky, bro. These people are probably like, "This is fucking Hollywood." Like, it's freaky shit. We don't know these people pretending to be zombies to go for a role, or it's just Hollywood, Holly weird. They just let it roll with it. But um, it it I liked it because it does set up as a revenge film, and then it turns into this whole kind of like mythology that they built up in it. So. It, yeah, it starts off like, hey, she goes to Boro, Boro tells whatever, stuff starts happening to homeboy slowly, and then she's like, hey, well, if you want to ramp it up, do X, Y, and Z, and then she ramps it up, but then everybody oh, around yeah, the producer becomes that. collateral. Yeah. Like, he, it becomes collateral. Like, it, it doesn't really affect him heavy, heavy until a couple episodes later on, and shit happens to his son, and then he starts getting, like, the effects of, like, what you know, the whatever happened to him, and it's another nice little body horror scene where she has to pull a worm out of his eye. That is just great. The one that he uh, it, with the that cocaine. Whole thing with a turkey baster in the neck. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, that was awesome too for the sun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it's a lot of good stuff in there. But the thing I liked about it a lot is because it, it pretty much was like, hey, we're gonna make a movie with witches, zombies, revenge, ancient mythology, and cannibalism, and throw it in one movie, and then like voila, and then make it filmed about a film. So that it gives the Hollywood feel of all of it. So I think that was a very, I mean, systematic but interesting take on it. But um, one of the things I liked was that how they used the short film's narrative of like how like Jane's eye or Lisa's eye had the thing that everybody wanted, and they were all trying to go after, a la like her short film. So that everybody wanted blah, blah blah, and how you know Jane was trying to protect her eye with the knife. I mean, Lisa was trying to eye with her knife in the cabin, and it was the same thing with Lisa. Lisa was trying to protect her film to be the only one that wrote on it, the only one that directed it with everything she could fight with. And then she realized that she was helpless to fight against it. So she turned to someone else that she thought could help her fight. So as you go through the show, you start realizing that Lisa's just as bad as the producer. Like she's used people along her way. She stepped on people and done things like that was kind of shitty to get the results that she wanted. And now you don't feel bad. You kind of almost feel bad for the producer once you see his fate come through. But then you kind of realize that, like, she's not a good human being, too. He even says to her one time, is like, yeah, he says do you think her, you're like, the hero the of, yeah. yeah. In the second yeah, do you think you're the hero of this story? Like, no one can say story? that you're a good, that you're saying that there's nobody out there that's going to say, 
she did me wrong or she right, you know, right. took advantage of me. Yeah. But yeah, but it's a later scene on where like when he's finally got all his comeuppance and he says to her, like, do you think you're the hero of this story? Like, do you think doing all this? Because yeah, like all the people around him got affected probably just as bad, if not worse than he did. So that I thought that was an interesting take. The only thing I was kind of suspect when I didn't like the whole, and it's at a point where it's like, yeah, the mother thing is a thing that comes into play, but it's two things that I thought were interesting that you get a little bit on, but you, you, you don't get enough of they Boro goes into her backstory a little bit. So for those that don't know, spoiler alert, Boro He's is just a, a entity. Yeah. Yeah. An entity that jumps from body to body. So that's why you guys are like, oh, this is a witch. She just makes deals. And no, no, no. Like, she's an entity that jumps from body to body. So she's like nine over 900 years old. She made a deal with a white jaguar when she was a man, slept with the jaguar, and made a deal with them. And it's like, but you got to see it. It's this whole thing. And she betrayed the jaguar, Borrow did. So the jaguar is in, in spiritual form has been trying to chase her down forever. But the thing is, is that Lisa's character has some link to that jaguar versus her mother and all that. So Boro's only interested in Lisa because she wants Lisa to be her new vessel because she's trying to kind of unite the, the bloodlines per, per se. So that's why she's so interested in it. So it actually doesn't have a finality, but the, the show wraps up what the theme was, was that Lisa does get her revenge. She gets her, her movie back. She signs a deal with a new producer that's like going to let her direct and do everything like that. So, um, But the only, and I guess the second small part I had with it that I didn't care about was that there's no consequences to Lisa's bullshit. Like it's no comeuppance for her. Like she literally, like almost all her. I'm not. I'm gonna say almost all of her friends die. And even Jason. Like, yeah, yeah. He oh. gets stabbed and he, he gets stabbed in the eye by the chick that was the main star of her film because Jason and um, Lisa were dating and she was like, did, "Did she ever bring me up?" And he goes, "Oh yeah, he brought. She brought you up. Like you know, she she said you were an actress." And so the chick got jealous and stabbed Jason in the eye to like, oh, yeah, nice yeah, yeah, yeah. All of her friends die. And Lisa's just kind of like, yeah, I guess it sucks. I guess I'll go to Brazil now to figure out what the fuck was going on with my family now. Like, chick, everybody you knew you just killed because they all rock with you. And now they're dead because they rock with you. So I thought that was kind of weird. Stay. Kind of uh, gave her yeah. money for a hitman. <laughs> exactly. exactly. And then uh, another good scene in there that is, Cringy, but not body horror cringy. If you guys get to make it to the dinner scene with Boros, the body that she took over, the family, like Lisa, like brings the family to her. Jennifer and is so, the body that she took over. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they have a dinner. And I don't know if you guys saw that scene, but they have end up having a dinner. And that dinner is so like off, like office cringy, where it's just like, oh, who's going to say what? It wasn't going to say, like, it's just a weird, like, even at one point, the kids are like, who the fuck is this chick? Like pointing at Lisa, like, why is she here? Like, <laughs> so, but if you even just want to see one scene, watch that scene. I think it's hilariously fun. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I, I rocked with it, man. I thought, I thought it was dope as hell, man. Um, and so I guess we'll jump right into our ratings. Uh, from what you saw, Jason, what would you give it? Uh, this is, I mean, I was enjoying it up until the kitty hole finger scene. <laughs> <laughs> so I would give it a solid four. I think for people who like this sort of thing, they're going to really love it. I think it's probably going to be one of those things that horror fans are going to talk about from years to come. But it's just a little bit too much for my sentiment. sentiment uh, constitution. I can't say right. words today. Constitution. <laughs> uh, Jaren, rating? 
Uh, everything I've seen so far has been good. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, uh, 3.5. <laughs> medium, <laughs> medium rare. N- nothing, <laughs> jumped, nothing jumped out and made me go, you gotta watch this, but it is confident in its storytelling and, um, and the actors are good. They're, they're, I, I'm enjoying all their performances, but again, there's nothing that is jumped out at me. That's like, Dude, I'm not running down over to Alex or any of my other friends going, you got to watch this. You got to watch this. So, Right. Uh, I'm, I'm, at the, I'm right there with a 3.5, man. D- discounted rental. This would definitely be one of those cultish type of movies that people are like, oh, have you ever seen this? You got to go watch this. It's pretty cool. But I'm like you. I mean, it was fun. I enjoyed it. I, I don't I, – and I'm, I don't think – I would tell anybody who likes horror, hey, you got to go watch this. If you're not into the genre – I wouldn't suggest it because I think it's like you said, like Jason doesn't like that. I wouldn't go to Jason and go, oh, you got to go watch brand but new words. Fingering her kitten hole <laughs> and the kitten hole <laughs> being an actual thing are intriguing to you, then you will enjoy this. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So, no, I, I'm right there with you guys. I, I, I enjoyed it. And if you like horror, please go ahead and check it out. Also, real quick, do um, doing all these reviews, is it like, has it gotten to the point where you guys get cynical of movies now? No, uh, I love movies. I still love movies, but as I said with reminiscence, I kind of am hating some of the same shit we see. Because we, I mean, like, there's a lot of derivative stuff, and yeah, you know, and and it's a part. Of, I mean, it's a part of it because you know the reason why it's derivative is because people will go and see it. And that's that's fine because you're trying to make money and shit. But I think there's a lot more that we can still be doing and and making. There's a lot of creatives out there who aren't probably not getting the chances they deserve because they're not writing something that a studio wants to sell so right i, I will say for me it like it, you're right because you see the same tropes because we I, I mean i watch a lot of movies and stuff anyway but now i'm watching like almost maybe a half more than i normally would watch because we're doing yeah. a show some things that i normally wouldn't put on my plate that i'm actually putting on my plate now um it does make me like oh here we go with this trope so it's almost i had to really now have to focus in and be like watch the movie see what the movie gives you and judge what it gives you don't judge it based off like oh well oh hey they, they did this trope again or they did like because again in that point we would just judge every movie to be like oh but well, this wasn't original this wasn't that um yeah and, i will and say trope, yeah I had, to, I had to catch myself and a trope by itself isn't a bad or good thing just because it's a trope doesn't mean it's bad you know because it's, it's yeah, shortly or, earned a trope because yeah it, it was a popular idea yeah so it's like usually it's just kind of shorthand so you don't have to you know explain something that everybody knows all over again so mm. it's not necessarily bad that a trope that you might see is popular it's just like we can sort of like start doing with a little bit more variety of a different weaving in different things or taking different these different tropes and, t- and taking a different spins on them or different looks at them rather than trying to present it in the same way as we've always been seeing them well yeah let me refresh it the the tropes that are bad or you bad. start seeing them again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're like bad. the magical the magical negro is a trope. It's a, it's bad, a trope. bad trope. And when yeah. you see it, it almost like disgusts me from a movie now. Like, and I have to kind of start being like, well, did the movie set this up properly? Did they flesh this character out enough that that they made him intellectual? Like, I have to start working through the process. Did the movie do a good job leading us to this moment that is tropish? But I'll admit, like a lot of times, I was like, "Oh, here we go again." Yeah. And uh, let me yeah. rephrase that: say not all tropes are bad. <laughs> right, There's right, some, right. Some bad tropes out there. What about about you, John? You 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 haven't felt yourself getting a little jaded by the game from? No, uh, 
what what I think what's happening with me is that uh, sometimes we are see because we are on a, a much more steady diet of movies now and television versus like prior to this podcast, there may have been a week where I was just like, you know what, I'm going to watch Deep Space Nine again instead of watching <laughs> any new input. So but mm-hmm. since we're constantly doing new stuff and everything uh, for me, yeah, when you see when you see something that you're like, oh, I know where this is going or I can see where this is going instead of immediately being like. Uh, about that like oh here we go the thing i've started doing is i look at it and i go did they do it better than the last time i saw it did they was there an interesting camera approach was there a storytelling beat that that made it either work faster better or slower and better um was there more was there better acting what you know so so i start to i start to dissect even if I've seen something before, I'm like, well, is this the best version of that that I've seen? Because if it's the newest thing, one would think that you've learned from all your predecessors and you're putting out the best, but obviously that's not the case. Um, <laughs> not always the case. <laughs> not always the case. Uh, so yeah, no, it, it's making me more of a discerning viewer. Uh, that being said, I still missed that Jason Momoa wasn't there, so I've still got some growing to do on my own end on this. So. <laughs> no, I, I did not expect everybody. I was hoping that I was smart enough to be able to one, the only one to catch it. Cause I was like, is this really like, did I figure this out? Oh, I feel so proud of myself. Everybody <laughs> I didn't catch it either. I didn't yeah. catch it either. Yeah. So that, that's just a good yeah. eye on that one. I would, yeah. but yeah. nor was yeah. I expecting yeah. it either. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, that's just an interesting thought. I just wanted to bring that up. Cause I was like, Oh man, sometimes I'm getting kind of bitter watching some of these things. Like, Oh, here we go. You couldn't think of anything better than this. And it's like, well, no, they couldn't. They, they, they have to sell this to Hollywood. Hollywood doesn't yeah. like much change. Like, I mean, I've definitely been in that mindset, and you've pulled me out of it, Jason. Like when we were watching Fast Nine, I was like, "This is fucking stupid." And you're like, "Dude, it's a stupid movie. Just enjoy the stupid movie." I got. Like, oh, this is fun. <laughs> okay, here we go. <laughs> you know, right, right, right. You, you corrected my behavior on that uh, on occasion, so I appreciate that. Uh, so, real quick, I know Jason, you did get to see Free Guy. Quick review on what you thought of Free Guy. Uh. It was really funny. I I wouldn't say I was as jaded as as Jason number one is, but the thing is, especially with reminiscent, I'm coming back to this, but with Free Guy, they just gloss over the most important, most interesting thing about the story, which is the fact that they created freaking AI. <laughs> like, yeah, I get that it's fun to have a nice little love story or whatever at the end, but like, if we had artificial intelligence, that is a much better movie of like the ramifications of what this means for the world, then like, oh, these two people got their video game back. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, like this is a bigger thing than that. I'll push back with you a little bit on that because in Ghostbusters, they discovered there was life after death because there were ghosts. And if the movie had been about life after death, it wouldn't have been as awesome. So, yeah, I mean, there were major ramifications there too that you could have said, but, but I guess it was about it's, making it's, a business. That Ghostbusters is such a fun slice. It's not like they invented ghosts, right? They just caught them. So they're kind of like a slice of life rather than, oh, I invented AI and it's a real thing. Right. But at least I get back with my boyfriend. But they like, did. They, they paid it lip service in one scene when you see Ray on TV. He's like, I've got one question. I assume every you're the man to know. Uh, how is Elvis and have you seen him lately? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And that was it. That was the only reference to life after death. That was it. They're like, we got it. 
put it in the can. I, I guess also with if by the Ghostbusters thing, it's that still a lot of people up until I guess the end of the movie probably didn't really believe that this was going on. Even in the second movie, they were like, I was going to oh, say you, the second one, they didn't believe ghosts were going on. Yeah, you you yeah. tricked us. You you were we were all mass hallucinating. So yeah. it, it's 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 not. I guess it's not necessarily the same. But I get what you're saying though. I used to think that was hard to believe, and then there are people out here that don't believe the coronavirus is real. So. Guess, guess, guess it actually <laughs> people are stupid, stupid things. This is not a political show. Oh, right. Aaron is right. Go get the virus, go get the vaccine, please. It is safe. I've up. got it, and nothing's happened to me. What's yeah. that, Jesus? I'm not magnetic. Nothing's happened to me. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's jump, into, uh, let's jump into a new segment. We're going to start to uh, call it Top Five Reasons. So, we're going to give you individually top five reasons why you should enjoy or watch something, read something whatever the case may be. And I got sparked by this idea because last week when we talked about the best fantasy movies of all time, we were talking about Lord of the Rings. Jaron had brought up his favorite book series being the, uh, the Discworld series. So I said, we're going to give a spotlight to this and let Jaron tell us first five, top five reasons why we should read this series, kind of give us, you know, the synopsis, not everything, but kind of what it's about, how many uh, books are in the series, and then go into your top five of why you think we should uh, read the Discworld series. So, Jaren, the floor is yours. <laughs> All right. So the Discworld series is brilliant. It is uh, uh, by the author Terry Pratchett. He started writing these in the 80s and has uh, written them all the way through up until I think he died. He left us, oh, probably about six, six years, years ago. ago now. Six, yeah, yeah something like that. Um, he also co-wrote books with other popular authors that you might know. One of my favorites of that is uh, Good Omens, which got turned Neil into Gaiman. A, yeah, with Neil Gaiman, it got turned into a, an H or a, an Amazon Prime original uh, mini movie, which is fantastic. But it's a comedy about the end of the world. Um, well, reason number one: uh, there's more than thirty books in the series, so if you find that you enjoy it, you have got a, a, a pl- so much reading ahead of you that you can pace out at your leisure and you will always be happy with it. Uh, reason number two, as I explained last week, um, the books start out with the first two novels following two uh, protagonists that in their misadventures rub elbows and interact with other secondary and, and tertiary characters. And then as the novels progress, sometimes those secondary characters are the protagonist and then you get to see the world build up slowly but surely and he's it's it's very grounded um a lot of the books actually all of the books are he's they're all fantasy um in their setting but he's always telling and and one of the reasons they're so timeless is because there's always a morality tale um he does what good sci-fi does it kind of mirrors uh, uh uh an issue that's happening in the world um, he takes that issue, drops it into a fantastical setting, and then, uh, you know, puts people on, on both sides of it and, and kind of lets, you know, at least he tells the story from his perspective and you kind of make your own decision at the end. Uh, a good example of that is, I think, book, uh, the sixth or seventh book is um, called Equal Rights, but it's spelled R-I-T-E-S, which is like a, a rune or a, an inscription, a magical inscription. And essentially, uh, wizards are all dudes. Uh, on the disc world, wizards are all men. It's a boys club. It's always been a boys club. If you are uh, magically inclined and you're a female, uh, you should, you know, uh, fuck off to the woods and become a witch uh, like like society is dictated. Well, 
uh, the way you become a wizard is you're the seventh son of a seventh son. And uh, that makes you open to magic, a conduit, essentially. And then if a wizard uh, bestows their, uh, an existing wizard bestows their magic and uh, staff on you as a child, then you grow up to become a wizard. Uh, in this scenario, uh, a wizard knows he's about to die, uh, leaves his staff and uh, bestows his magic upon the seventh son of a seventh son who's still being born kind of in the middle of childbirth uh unfortunately for him he well he goes off and dies the child is born it's a girl so now this is the Discworld's first girl she is a wizard but she's a girl and so it's a story about feminine rights like equal rights but it's about being a woman and having to find a place in a male dominated chunk or, or edge of society and again it's a super fun super sharp super witty the characters are always interesting and and are very 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 well thought out very three-dimensional you rarely run into somebody who's just kind of a one note or one trick pony in these books he there's always a because oftentimes you'll run into these characters again and they like their motivations will fill out more as it goes on but um it's all about you know taking things in society and 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 putting it in a fun place and then having conversation about it and telling a great story. And all of his stories are great. None of them see, feel tropey. Uh, and even when he does fall in some lines, uh, I guess this will be one of the reasons, um, he will often make self-referential jokes about it. He is dry, he is British, and you will know it when you read his, his words. Um, so you've got a lot of books, you've got great characters that he builds worlds better than anybody I know. He tells stories that actually have some sort of impact or social meaning to him. Um, uh, and he, uh, because there's 30 books, they're not always going to be uh, a new person. So if there is a story that you like that, that uh, involves a certain group of people, um, there will often probably be about five-ish, five or six novels that follow these people. They won't always be in the same place that you left them because time will have progressed between novels. But that's, I mean, they, he always, it's, 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 it's good. You, you feel like these people are real and these characters have progressed and moved forward in a way that makes sense for who they are. And uh, he puts a lot of work in that. So um, I highly, highly recommend this series. And it's one of these things that um, when the Lord of the Rings came out, uh, they wanted, they wanted to stretch the movies and they wanted to give as many Christmas and the same thing with Harry Potter. They wanted to kind of be like a Christmas thing that everybody saw and make it a, make it an engagement for, for many years, uh, which is probably why they made the, the Hobbit so tragically long. But this is one of those, um, this is one of those series that if someone were to option it, they literally could tell, like do a blockbuster kind of year-ending movie with that has a feel-good and a and a, and a and a moralistic tone to it uh for the next you know 30 years so and uh yeah it's uh, nowadays with special effects and, and the way things are it's fresh enough that it will catch people off guard when they're or watching it and i think it uh, the visual effects will make it so that it is seamless and beautiful and would be uh, great to tell because in these books, there there are gods that don't care about the mortals. There are ice giants. There are the real world. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> it's it's a uh, uh, yeah. It, I mean, the the first novel in the whole series starts with the fray the sentence. Um, 
uh, in a second se second hand set of dimensions on an astral plane that was never meant to fly. And at that point, he had me. I was like, well, that's a funny turn of phrase. Let's go. I want to see what you got. And uh, he did not disappoint. So, All right. Recap. What is your, your five again to recap it all? Uh, so if I were to recap five, I don't even think I, I, I meandered a bit. Um, uh, it was like really 20. Together. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, five would be um, there's a lot of novels. Uh, so if you enjoy it, there is plenty. You won't run out uh, in seven books. Uh, the uh, author is sharp and dry and British and it carries through in all of his witty writing. It will make you laugh. Like it, I smile a lot when I'm reading these books. Um, if you are, if you become attached to a character, uh, you can read them out of order and just follow those characters around. Cause there's generally about five to, I think seven books that follow all of the different characters, maybe a little less, but so, uh, if you get done with a book, you really become attached to the characters. There's more to them. You don't have to just move on, even though everybody, even my least favorite characters are still great characters, uh, like granny weatherwax. I'm not overly fond of her, but I just love like still well written, still great. We don't know what that means. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, and uh, four and five. Yeah. Uh, uh, the world building in it is is intense, and it uh, it it feels incredibly lived in if you read the books. Uh, and he does it not by reading writing a Cimmerillion or an attachment book on the side that just has a bunch of facts and dates in it. The world is built in incredibly well written stories. Jeremy no, just cannot help but take shots. You just love to take shots, don't you? Doesn't you know pussy thing like build a, a whole entire world first and then write the books. He does it while he's writing the books. Just a different approach. That's all I'm saying. No hate, no shade. Um, That's complete another shade. But go ahead. No, no. no, no Got one more. Uh, and uh, uh, his style of writing has already been recognized and has been uh, has been. Uh, translated outside of books, so uh, he's done stuff with Neil Gaiman and uh, co-authored co books with other people, and they always have his flavor. Terry Pratchett has a very distinct writing style uh, that comes through in a lot of those. And I, I think uh, if if you read the first book is is not very long. Uh, the Light Fantastic is not very long, or The Color of Magic, one of those two. They're both the first two books, but uh, the uh, uh, so it's not even a big. It's not even you'll get everything you'll you'll know everything you want to know about this author from the first book as far as his writing style and his characters go, uh, the way he tells a story. And it won't even be a very big use or like uh, it won't take up a lot of your time because the first two books are, are fairly, fairly slim. So. So that's a good uh, easy to get into. Got it. Number All five. right. All right. Um, let's go ahead. To Jason, we have done the same thing with Jason. I asked him to give me a top five reasons why we should or people should read the Will of Time book series. So, Jason, let's go give us your top five reasons why. Oh, because I have the wrong personal screen. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I'm, I'm the black one. All right. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> so, uh, the, the barest of barest synopsis, it is uh, a hero's journey of a young man who has to leave his hometown in order to stop the great dark evil. Um, nothing fantastically, you know, uh, unique about that premise. It's just the way that it's executed is, in my opinion, by far probably the one of the best ways ever done in written language. But let's go. To, uh, 
the, the top five reasons why I like Wheel of Time. Uh, first and first and foremost, that's a deep cut. There is the world building. Uh, Robert Jordan has made a well lived in world with a varied amount of cultures. They all feel very believable to the world that they live in. That all are very uniquely different from one another. Um, he has taken um, his philosophy was that anything that has touched the American soil, he was able to take inspiration from. And unlike other authors that will, by say, take inspiration is to copy wholesale and just put it in there to their works, he's actually, you know, used this as just inspiration, used the ideas without, like, you know, stepping on people's cultures and shit. So, like, he is able to, like, blend into these worlds things that feel real, that feel like, oh, I've heard of this before, but isn't actually something that can actually offend anybody because it's not actually real so that's one of the good things that i like about this and you know there are some uh white gingers that live in the desert <laughs> that have a very uh, uh honor bound society but they're a bunch of white gingers it's great um number two is uh fully realized and believable characters so this series is 14 books long um there are about seven main characters but like, uh, let's say, on a conservative estimate, 150 minor characters in this thing. And pretty much almost all of them get, get like their time to explain their like their get, you know, their point of view across uh, to see things from their perspective. Even some of the villains, which is really, really cool to see like things from the villains perspective and why they're doing the things that they're doing and why in their mind this is a rational decision to try to take over the world or whatever. Um, yeah, like pretty much with the exception of one character, they're all really, really good and really, really by good. I mean, believable and thought out and well rounded to what their role is into the story. Uh, the other character that isn't, you know, fans will, will definitely agree with me that this person is, his motivations are all over the place and it's ridiculous that he does things and he should not have been in this novel, but it's fine, you know? Not everything can be perfect. All right, number three. Uh, this is probably one of the first series of novels uh, that has like a very thought out and well executed magic system. Um, a, mm. a hard magic system for all those people who uh, you know want to know what a hard magic system is. A magic system with actual rules and regulations that the novel explains, a la Harry Potter versus something that's just nebulous a la the lord of the rings where he's yeah there's magic but we don't really know how to do it um this magic system is fully realized it's fully well executed it's not just this moxina this they use ex moxina shit where you know they just pull something out of their ass to, to to solve the situation at hand um but also with that there are some really badass fucking action scenes and battles and things in this novel that just just blow your mind. Uh, one of my favorites is Dumai Wells. It's uh, a very awesome uh, battle scene where, you know, some characters that uh, aren't known to the rest of the world to show their true power. And it comes to an absolute bloodbath versus these warriors that are really, really badass at fighting. And they all just like turn tail and run and cry because they're so outmatched by these, these magic users. And it's so, so, so fucking satisfying. It's great. Shut up, Jaren. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say uh, my phone stopped. I gotta see what my another. All right, so we're at three. All right, uh, so four. 
like the end of this series has one of the most satisfying character arcs of all time, in my humble opinion. Um, our main character, he goes through some shit. And I don't want to spoil it, but like by the time he ends in the novel, he is in a much better place than what he begins with. And a lot of the stuff has to deal with like mental health and like expectation and the weight of the world on your shoulders and having to deal with that. And, and also like masculinity and what that means to be like a man and things like that. And like the, the way to, uh, to kind of explain this is that in this world that we have this young man is basically destined to save the world because he's a reincarnation of the guy who did it last time. But the guy who did it last time kind of fucked up the world. So like people are still, even though it's, you know, 3000 years later, people are still like unsure of whether this not, this is even the right thing for people to do is to put their faith and trust in this dude to save them. And also with that, they might not even care for it. They just want their own power and stuff. So he has a lot of weight of, of not only trying to unite the world to fight off this great evil, but like he has even good guys, people who are, who are quote unquote good guys are actively trying to stop him. <laughs> and, and it's like, he has to deal with all this external pressure with also this internal pressure. And by the end of it, it he has, this, it's just so satisfying to see where he comes at the end of this. And my last, but not least, but the most important thing about this uh, that I think people should read this is one reason it's fucking Matt Cawthon. He is the best character ever written on paper of all time. He's not even the main character. He is the lovable rogue done right. He, he's not even a rogue. It's just people perceive him as a rogue. But he's always there to willing to fight for his friends, fight for what's right, even debase himself if it means helping out you know, someone he cares about. Uh, and he's such a badass. Like, oh, God. So all of his quotes are just completely quotable. Um, someone once in the end of the novels accuses him of being an assassin. And he's like, I'm not a fucking assassin. If I wanted to kill a man, he's going to know it. And he's going to know I'm coming. And he's going to know the reasons why. I will never stab a man in the back. So <laughs> it's just, uh, just so many good moments like that throughout the whole entire series. And... It's probably, in my opinion, like, I mean, probably not just my opinion, but in many other people's, people's opinions, uh, Will of Time is, you know, one of the seminal fantasy works of all time. You know, you have Lord of the Rings, and now you have Game of Thrones, but Will of Time is right in there in the middle, along with, you know, Discworld and a few others. But you these do? are like, you know, if you were talking about the top 10, you know, best fantasies to read, you know, it's on that list. It's when I read the list, you know, a few years ago, it was number three. <laughs> but it's on that list and you should you should read it you should read all these books but people are like oh it's too long it's not too long you're stupid if you like reading read books 14 books is not. <laughs> so yeah all right i'm there I'm, I'm with you guys and i appreciate you guys doing that i do not have a top five for this week i'll probably come up with one and yeah, make people you know enjoy the bullshit that I like because uh, I like a lot, a lot of bullshit. So <laughs> maybe I do the top five reasons to why I read the Aragon uh, series, so you can like hate hate read it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Look, in Aragon's defense, it was written by a fifteen-year-old boy. That's pretty yeah, impressive. yeah. That, Isn't it's pretty impressive. Dragon with like the detail. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, again, uh, it, it, like Jason said, it's written by a 15 year old boy. Like, I, I could give him a pass. I give him a little cake on that one. Uh, but okay, well, guys, we did it again. Another show in the books. Um, again, everybody, please remember to like, share, subscribe to Head Cannon Circus. We're everywhere you want to be. That is YouTube, Facebook, um, and we have our podcast up on Spotify, Anchor FM, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all the above. We did this long show, and like again, like always, we forgot to talk about our Batman topic. So Ooh, we'll have to push week. that off to next week, guys. To talk about <laughs> Batman. Um, don't worry, but we will get to it. You we'll hear that? We will one day get to that topic. That'll be next uh, week. <laughs> Next week, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. next week. Next week, we will get to it. All right. Uh, as always, uh, Jaren Token. Uh, anything you like to say to everybody? Uh, I've been trying to come up with something. Go ahead and uh, on top of the follow, like, subscribe. Uh, yeah, smash that notification bell so that uh, you get notified when we have new stuff up on the channel. You can set it to always just some or uh, or none. But uh, if you if you like this one in particular or you like uh, two or three things on the channel, uh, you can set it to some, uh, notify you for some of the stuff that we operate. And we are pretty good about keeping all of these in their individual uh, like playlists. So that'll be easy for you. All right. Good, good advice. Good advice there. Jason, number A, Duke of all nerds. Now I feel like I got to say something about the show. Uh, also comment so we can make fun of you on our show, please. Uh, or not make fun of you. Uh, but just comment so we can, uh, you know, engage with you because we want to know what you think. And um, even though it might be wrong, uh, but either way, uh, be kind to one another. Tip your, you know, service 20%. That's great. 20%.